Switch to Sprint Unlimited Basic, featuring TV from Hulu and 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot. Plus, for a limited time, get five lines for only $120 per month. Hurry to a Sprint store or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer ends 8-16-18 after 131-2020. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. One Hulu limited commercial plan for eligible Sprint account. MHS reduced to 3G speeds after 500 megabytes per month. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines. Subject to credit and 3 activation fee. Video streams up to 480p. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is MC Money, and I'm joined here by certain the creepy soccer dad and Houts MD. And yes, the crew is back together after certain took a vacation last week, and we are back and ready to go, especially after an interesting day or an interesting week on Twitter and social media between several players for the Dolphins and several current players for the Dolphins. Most notably now, Chris Chambers and Devontae Parker, their public spat going on. We're going to dive into that and see who's right, see who's wrong, and try to really analyze that situation and read between the lines from Devontae Parker's press conference the other day. We're also going to talk about Jarvis Landry, who made an interesting quote to the Cleveland.com website. And he basically said, the quarterbacks in Cleveland are better than the ones in Miami. Now, was he talking about Ryan Tannehill, or was he talking about a combination of Jay Cutler, Matt Moore, and David Fales? We'll dive into that. We're also going to touch on the wide receiver position battle, since we're talking about wide receivers, the first two parts of the show. We're going to rank our wide receivers, and we're going to talk about who not necessarily, um, you know, may be slotted in right now by the coaches, but who we think deserves and who should be on the field in certain situations. And, of course, our mailbag is completely full tonight. It is stuffing over the brim with letters, with questions. We're going to answer all of your questions tonight. And we're going to give you everything you want in relation to the Miami Dolphins and all the latest news, rumors, inside information, and gossip. Certain, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed your vacation last week. Houts, me and you, we're, we're just Going forward, uh, you know, we don't make any more money than certain does, and it, I feel kind of slighted by that, that he gets to enjoy a vacation, and we have to sit here and keep working. Pay vacation it. day, baby. Yeah, ba- baby. Now, you got you guys sounded great without me. I, I was a little worried about you, but you guys were able to persevere. Cannot address so the I, ship. I just uh, said a few things. So I heard you listen to our show, certain last week. Is that true? It was. I try to stay abreast of all Dolphins knowledge, and since you guys bring most of it, uh, I thought it prudent to continue to listen. How did we do? What was your critique as an outsider for that one week? Um. You guys sound boring. Mm-hmm. Um, you're dick. You're probably like, are your parents librarians or anything? Does that have? Is that any in your lineage? All right, time to mute certain. All right, how's continue on? What were you saying before? <laughs> oh, I muted the wrong person. My bad. <laughs> what the hell? 
hell, dude? I muted the wrong person. I muted the wrong person. I tried. I tried. <laughs> Anyways, before we lose all of our listeners, let's get right into the Miami Dolphins action. The first up, Chris Chambers and Devontae Parker. That public spat. So here's the deal. Apparently, Chris Chambers reached out to Devontae Parker this offseason, trying to give him advice and tips and offered him a place to come train to get better and so Chris Chambers can teach him the ropes of being a pro. Devontae Parker did not return Chris Chambers' calls, text messages, emails, whatever. Chris Chambers called Devontae Parker out. Chris Chambers put out a list of his best wide receivers on a Dolphins. Devontae Parker quote tweeted it and said his opinion don't matter or something like conference the other day and he basically said that he does what the coaches tell him to do so with that one line right there boys that tells me reading between the lines that the coaches have told Devontae to worry about himself and do what he's doing and not listen to anybody else am I wrong on that house no I don't think you are I think uh you kind of see where Chambers was coming from I mean the only thing that's been holding Monte Parker back is his health and, you know, doing all the right things off the field. And Chris Chambers, that's kind of what he does now in his, uh, you know, years away from football. I think he runs a gym down there. He helps athletes train uh, throughout the week and during the season to kind of get their bodies right. So, I mean, him reaching out to Devontae Parker, I'm sure it had something to do with, you know, uh, getting the word out there on his gym. But at the same time, he was just trying to help Devontae Parker become the best athlete he can be and make him the best receiver that I'm sure everyone, including all Dolphins fans, think that Devontae Parker can become. Uh, I do think it might have been a little out of line. You said it. Uh, coaching staff seems to love what Devontae Parker's been doing this offseason. They're not kind of going out of their way like they did last year and hype him up like they did and made everyone think that he was going to be like the next Randy Moss or anything like that. But, I mean, he's doing all the right things. I think uh, Logan said that he comes in earlier. Is it Legains, whatever his name is, our new offensive coordinator, said he comes in early, he leaves late, and he's just putting in all the time in the offseason to, to better himself. And that's kind of what you want to see from Devontae Parker. It's a huge year for him. Uh, he needs to put up or shut up, really, because – Dolphins aren't going to keep him around much longer if he doesn't become that number one receiver that uh, we all hope he can. So I think it was a little out of line. I think the media's blown it up because it's the downside of this uh, offseason. There's not much to talk about, so they're trying to, you know, have that catchy that catchy quote out there. And I think exactly what happened. Uh, I'm not really sure there's much smoke to it, but it's definitely something that's fueled the fire and got a lot of people up in arms. So what do you think, Sutton? Well, before we bring on Sutton again, I just want to, you know, just make a point here. Chris Chambers trains NFL players at his fitness center in Davie, Florida. And this went back to May 25th when he criticized Devontae Parker. Chris Chambers saying this uh, via Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. I don't know if Devontae fully gets what it means to be a pro. Athleticism and talent only last so long. Hard work, dedication, and technique will take you a longer way when you add it on top of talent. Now, Chris Chamber, uh, not Chris Chambers, Devontae Parker has never had more than five, 57 catches, 744 yards, and four touchdowns in a season. However, Miami is taking a different approach with Devontae Parker this season. Uh, wide receivers coach Ben Johnson, who was the assistant head coach last season, took over the main position when Sean Jefferson was bumped to assistant head coach. Now, Ben Johnson said that approach involves fewer grandiose predictions and more day-to-day work. This is what he said. We were making these giant claims about him last year, Johnson said. Not now, it's just a one-day-at-a-time mentality. Keep stacking good days on top of each other. Adam Gay said earlier this offseason that he's seen a renewed sense of pur- purpose in Parker, and Johnson said that Parker now understands the urgency 
and how important this year is for him. So, certain, do you think that this is, I mean, it feels like Ryan Tannehill, right? Always waiting for him to break out, and then we see him flash, and then he gets injured towards the end of the season with Tannehill. Are we going to see the same thing with Devontae Parker this year, finally? Well, it's an interesting question because he's already been offered the fifth-year contract. So, for some fans, you think, oh, okay, well, he's good. We're just going to deal with it. But that fifth year is not guaranteed. So, it really is a contract year for Devontae Parker. I think that's the best way to put this whole predicament for him. So, in other words, he's, like Hout said, he's going to sink or swim, and he's going to need a, a lot of targets, I would think, to justify from a production standpoint when you're at the negotiation table. Yes, Miami Dolphins, you need to pay me $9 million in 2019. He's going to have to have the production to match it. So in some way, shape, or form, he's going to have to be in shape, and he's going to have to be a professional, and he's going to have to demand targets, not just scheme him open or just hope that he gets open, but he's going to have to win one-on-one matchups on a regular basis. So this really, this whole conversation all boils down to whether Devontae produces or not. Now, I think another way to think about this, and I know when my oldest son started uh, being a little bit aggressive with other kids in his classroom, the one thing that I wanted was an older peer to just check him real quick. You know what I mean? It's, it's sometimes more powerful to be corrected by a, a peer than it is a, a dad figure. And in a roundabout way, this is kind of what's happening, I believe, on the Dolphins team in that we're trying to get a message across to Devontae that's probably not going to resonate coming from the coaches but could resonate from, say, a former Miami Dolphins wide receiver that's fairly revered uh, in the Miami community, uh, not only for what he did on the field, but what he did off the field, for him to come out and say some stuff. And I wish it didn't go public. Uh, Granted that, I wish it didn't go public, but it's out there. And I I think it's certainly possible that this was a roundabout way of, of getting to Devontae. Parker last year set a career high with 57 catches in 13 games, although that was just one more than he had in 2016, and his yards per catch and touchdowns were down from his first two seasons in the league. However, the Dolphins' smart uh, choice picked up the option on his contract for 2019, and they're still pushing the idea breakout year for him. Now, Adam Gase has said repeatedly this offseason that a high ankle sprain was part of the reason why it didn't come together for Parker last year and to Parker's experience as a reason for why it can come together this year. Here's what Adam Gase said. This is his fourth season. Sometimes it takes a second to be like, okay, I know how to do this, and I've been doing it, and I don't need someone to tell me I need to do this. He is doing things on his own, trying to find ways to get better on the field. I think he has more of a purpose when he comes out on the practice field. Now, Devontae Parker has been criticized by not only this coaching staff, but the former coaching staff with Joe Philbin, that he didn't know how to be a pro. Adam Gase kind of elaborated on more last season when he said, you know, Devontae's not eating the right things. Devontae's, you know, not keeping himself in shape. And Devontae really doesn't know how to make himself be a professional. And it seems like slowly that may be turning the corner, whether or not the Dolphins are just hyping him up like this to give him confidence and to possibly increase his trade value. I don't know. We've seen what Devontae can do in a game when he is absolutely healthy, and this dude can be an absolute monster. 
Whether or not he can maintain that for 16 games in an entire season remains to be seen. We're hoping this year is the breakout year. Part of that reason is because Adam Case believes that the presence of Danny Amendola will be positive as they work together in the months to come. And Danny Amendola is on the Miami Dolphins because the Dolphins moved on from Jarvis Landry. And Jarvis Landry, in an interview, as we mentioned on the top of the show, said that he that the quarterbacks in Cleveland are better than the quarterbacks in Miami. Now let's pull up the exact quote that Jarvis Landry said. The quarterback play is so important, which has got me that much more excited about Tyrod and Mayfield and the way they're throwing the ball out there. It's a lot better than what I had in Miami. I'm excited about that. Now, there was another quote where Jarvis Landry mentioned Ryan Tannehill and the fact that Ryan Tannehill could have possibly brought them to the championship. But let's see what, what he really said. I think Ryan Tannehill's skill level and the way that he was playing the year we went to the playoffs before his injury was at a high level. And he could have took us to a championship or whatever or whatnot, but that didn't happen. Things happen in the NFL. We moved past it, and the next season we had Jay Cutler. And I love Jay. I love Jay. I really do. Which quote are we looking at here? Yeah, man. I think it goes back to that Chambers thing where you you have the media. They're trying to get that catchy, uh, that quote that kind of – stirs everything up, and, I mean, that's exactly what it did. That first Jarvis Landry quote where he came out and said that, you know, Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield, better quarterbacks than somebody in Miami, uh, that blew up. I mean, NFL, all the different networks, everything, everybody picked it up and ran with it. But at the end of the day, they missed that last quote that you just read off about Ryan Tannehill. And I think this goes back to, you know, being a Dolphins fan. I mean, we all see what Ryan Tannehill can We all believe that that 2016 season all was uh, – credit to him. I mean, a lot of people keep saying Tannehill can't get to the playoffs, but I mean, he pretty much took the Dolphins to the playoffs that season. Uh, he looked like the best Tannehill we have seen, and we're all excited to see what he does, but at the end of the day, I mean, Jarvis Landry, he's got to be happy with Baker Mayfield. I'm not sure Tyrod Taylor is anywhere near the same kind of talent that Ryan Tannehill is, but uh, again, I think it's just the offseason. People are trying to stir the pot, and at the end of the day, I think deep down, Jarvis Landry is a huge Ryan Tannehill fan. I'm sure that Two are going to be uh, friends forever. I mean, the only reason Jarvis Landry got paid is because of what Ryan Tannehill and him did throughout their time in Miami. But, uh, again, it's the media trying to stir them up. And Jarvis Landry, I'm sure he wanted to take a jab at the Miami Dolphins like he did with the Gase comments and, and what he's done since he left Miami. I mean, he has to have our taste in his mouth because uh, he might not be one of the top five receivers in the NFL or deserve to be paid like one. But at the end of the day, uh, he – Felt like he needed to be paid. I mean, compensated. We all saw his rookie contract, what he was playing on. Uh, he went out there every week and just performed. So, I mean, uh, it probably rubbed him the wrong way, and he's just trying to take a stab at his old team any way he can. Uh, I don't think it's a slight against Tannehill, but I definitely think he feels the same way about Jay Cutler, Matt Moore, and David Stokes that we do as fans. That, I mean, they're decent people. I'm sure they're great human beings, but at the end of the day, Jay Cutler wasn't going to help this team. David Fields, I know he's having a great offseason this year, uh, according to all the reports, but he wasn't going to help the Dolphins, and Matt Moore should him. So uh, take it for what it is, but I don't think it was a knock against Tannehill like, like many are taking it. During the well, interview, Landry praised new Browns offensive coordinator Todd Haley for his play calling during the Browns offseason work and Taylor for his willingness to throw with all the receivers during workout sessions they held in Miami before Cleveland OTA's sessions began. Here's what Landry said. 
Again, I didn't do that in Miami with the quad X because they didn't want to do it, Landry said, referring to the pre-OTA workouts. I would say that the chemistry and the type of guys that I'm around here makes me that much more excited because I know I'm going to be pushed at all levels at all times. Sir, and what are your take on this? Yeah, I, I, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I came into this a little bit saltier than I needed to be uh, just because of the of what you just read to us, the quote there. I, I didn't realize that he had those other comments about Tannehill uh, in a different part of this conversation. So I'm glad that we, we brought this up, but this part of the conversation, I do have a little reservation with because it's well-documented that Tannehill throws with his wide receivers as, as early as he's legally allowed to. And I, I just don't think there's much to this. I, I think it's more in terms of Jarvis wanting to separate himself from his time with Miami and to identify with his new teammates and to try to connect with them. So, of course, Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback, okay? Screw anybody that thinks otherwise. I really do think he's a good quarterback. Identifying with his new teammates and I think that's all this is, is just identifying with his new Cleveland community and going from there. This is the first time that Jarvis Landry has publicly expressed displeasure with Miami's quarterbacks. And we know that Jarvis is a hothead. We know that he's not the classiest guy out there. We saw in Miami. And, yeah, that is a hot take, but it is a true take. The Dolphins traded Jarvis Landry earlier this offseason after they franchise tagged him. We knew that that breakup was coming after pretty much after the Buffalo game where he got ejected. People ask, well, what happened? Why did they offer Jarvis Landry a contract extension in early December and then trade him a month later? And here's how it goes. The Dolphins were willing to deal with Jarvis's attitude and diva-like personality and his demands for the offense. They were willing to go through all of that. Probably still would try to bring in a veteran presence to teach Jarvis the right way to play the game and the right way to act in the locker room and the right way to act in meetings. But what tipped the Dolphins over the edge was when he got ejected in the game against the Buffalo Bills. That was definitely the tipping point. point. I can tell you 100% certain that that was the reason why the Dolphins decided to move on. And while they had their price point, they weren't going to budge from it. And if Jarvis Landry had not got ejected out of the Buffalo game, perhaps he'd still be a Miami Dolphin today. We'll never know, obviously. That's in the past. Jarvis will probably never come back to Miami. He's signed a five-year deal worth $75 million that guarantees 47 with Cleveland. So he's going to beat it for the next few years. He'll probably get another contract after this, but who knows where his career is going to take him. But to me, you know, I think those were more shots taken at Jay Cutler, David Fales, and Matt Moore rather than Ryan Tannehill. I really think he did like Ryan Tannehill. I think he said it. He made it clear that he thought Ryan Tannehill has a skill set to go to the championship game. He has posted videos of him and Tannehill working out together in the offseason, throwing passes, running routes. So I really don't think it's about him. Well, and like Hout said, he got paid because of what him and Tannehill accomplished together. Right. 
Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. And I think that's like the mic drop right there. But because of Jarvis Landry's departure, the Dolphins brought in Danny Amendola, like I stated earlier, and they also brought in Albert Wilson from the Kansas City Chiefs. And don't forget about Jakeem Grant, who they drafted two years ago. And that's a wide receiver position battle that we have to keep our eyes on for the third wide receiver and the fourth wide receiver. Now, for me, here's where I'm ranking these guys. And Houts and Sutton, you're going to give your rankings. But I'm ranking Devontae Parker, number one. Kenny Stills, number two. And I do believe Danny Amendola deserves to be in the slot at number three. I then think, honestly, Jakeem Grant should be four and Albert Wilson should be five. Albert Wilson got a big contract, but he hasn't proven much in the NFL. He got a contract based on his potential. Just like you see all over the place, offensive, defensive coordinators, special teams coaches get contracts, get promotions to head coach because of their potential. Then they bust. So for me, I'm not putting Albert Wilson on the field until he can prove that he has that potential and then he can execute on the field and turn all that potential into actual production. Now, when you look at Amendola, he's a seasoned veteran. He knows how to play the game. Jakeem Grant in limited action did very, very well. If the Dolphins rely on Albert Wilson too much and he busts, it's going to hold back their offense a few weeks until they finally figure it out. So for me, I'm letting Albert Wilson work his way in. I'm putting packages out there for him, but I'm not making him the starter from day one. How Sutton, your thoughts on that? Just to clarify, we're based on depth chart, not to, uh, we rank these receivers as far as skill set and things like that. What you think should be the one, should be the depth chart for these guys. Okay, yeah. And definitely Devontae Parker. I'm not sure he's the best on this roster, but he's definitely the only true number one wide receiver. Uh, second, Stills. Uh, third's where it really gets tricky. I know you mentioned Amendola. I think the Dolphins brought him in those targets that Jarvis Landry took away. Uh, Albert Wilson brought him in to do the same thing. James Grant, he's a guy that, I mean, he had some success on the outside. He played inside. He's quick, shifty. He's a real playmaker. Uh, for me, the best part about all this is those three guys seem to be interchangeable almost. I mean, those guys can kind of do uh, everything asked of them. They're those quick, shifty uh, receivers who can, you know, get coverage in the middle of the field, get uh, for me, it's going to be a battle. I mean, I think that's why we're talking about it's going to be a tough camp battle. I'd like to think the veteran Amendola is going to win out. For me, I'm going to go with uh, Jakeem Grant. Uh, it's going to come down to him and Albert Wilson for me. I, I know you, Albert Wilson, perhaps being a bust or maybe, you know, he could kind of shift towards that way. Things don't go as planned. But I think uh, what he did in Kansas City, the limited stuff I watched on him, he looks like he's going to be a receiver, a real underrated uh, get this offseason. But ultimately, Jakeem Grant, I mean, he's going into his third season. He's going to have a big year, I suspect. And uh, I'm really excited to see what Adam Gase does as an offensive coordinator, an offensive mastermind, as some might call it. Uh, what kind of plays and packages he's going to have for Jakeem Grant? Is he going to line up in the backfield? Is he going to motion out? You know, there's just so many different things you can do with him. We meant obviously he can play on the outside. I mean, he can pretty much do most things in the limited time that we've seen. So, for me, I think Jakeem Grant deserves the number three spot. Uh, I then go uh, Wilson and Amendola. They're kind of, you know, four and four. They're kind of neck and neck right there. For me, I think that one, two, three is a big thing, and uh, that's the rank them. Ceiling-wise, number one, it's Devontae Parker. Importance-wise, number one, it's Devontae Parker. 
if you just what's unusual about our wide receiver group this particular year is that we seem to have no height so other than Devontae Parker. So he fulfills a very important role in what we want to try to do. At the same time, I really think Kenny Stills is probably our best overall wide receiver. So if we're doing it in terms of who's the best, I think we have to go Kenny Stills number one, Devontae Parker number two. I agree with Houts that I think it ends up being a battle between Albert Wilson, A, because of, yes, he was paid. So I think we're, we kind of have to see what we have. I don't think we're going to sign a player to that money and then turn around and, uh, let him lose a competition and just have a player, uh, a fifth wide receiver that's getting paid a lot of money. So I think he's going to have every opportunity to prove himself. Jakeem Grant, I really do think has some exciting potential and what he can do. And just so quick and just wondering if maybe he could uh, offer something on the boundary. It's it's like, who, who do you project to play on the boundary more? I mean, is Albert Wilson going to play on the boundary more? Could Jakeem Grant play on the boundary more? Because what we have to realize is that Kenny Stills, yeah, he might be, in my opinion, the number one wide receiver on the Miami Dolphins, but his best work is probably in the slot as well. I don't know if you guys agree, but we have a lot of players that can function out of the slot, question marks when it comes to who is going to function the best on a boundary situation, which is in a roundabout way, getting back to Devontae Parker, how important his play is for us. So I'm, I'm looking at stills, then Parker. I'm going to go with Wilson at three grant at four Amendola at five, not to say that Amendola uh, will not have a significant role this year, it's just hard to project how many games he'll play injury-wise, and you like to, to think that some of the money invested in him was for a leadership-type uh, role with this group. I think the most interesting thing is Jakeem Grant, five foot seven, 169 pounds, but has one of, been one of the most impressive players during the OTAs and minicamps. Cordrea Tankersley, the cornerback, said this man is rolling. Devontae Parker said he's been very aggressive this offseason – just attacking the ball and everything. He's high-pointing everything. He learned all these different positions, and he's doing a great job. When De- uh, Jakeem Grant was asked about the acquisition of Danny Amendola, here's what he said. That just added fuel to my fire. Grant, 13 receptions, 203 yards, two touchdowns last season. Grant is telling the media that he wants to be a complete player and show everyone that he can be a complete player and not, not just a slot guy and a gimmick guy in terms of getting speed down the field. Grant can play both the slot and outside. He showed it last year. He has that blazing speed to get off the press and that blazing speed to run right past the cornerback. Dowell Logans, the offensive coordinator for the Dolphins, says that Grant can change the game in one snap. We just need consistency, and he needs reps to keep working. Adam Gase said that just the potential that he has as a playmaker, I think he has done a really good job continuing to grow that way. And you keep expanding his route tree, is what Loggins said. But Gase, who said, you know, more along the same thing, consistency and getting in more reps and getting him in the game. So I think if Jakeem Grant can keep on improving, then he's going to have a major impact. Now you touched on it, certain when you said that a lot of these guys play a lot of different positions at the wide receiver position, outside, inside, and so forth. 
and Adam Gase, when he was first hired, really kind of said that he didn't believe in an alpha receiver. He wants his guys to move all over the place. And that we've seen the Dolphins trying to get game-specific matchups every week. And while they started moving towards that last year, they didn't have all the personnel in place to do so. Perhaps this year is the year. But like you said, sir, and I think we'll see a lot of guys moving around. Kenny Stills inside-outside, Grant inside-outside, Albert Wilson inside-outside. All these guys can play all the positions at the wide receiver uh, spot. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But I do think Grant is the biggest player to watch in terms of his breakout potential and how he can really change the game, like Dowell Logan said, in just one snap. Any final thoughts on that, boys? Well, like you said, MC Money, it's this offense seems to gonna it's gonna be like some of the Saints offenses that we've seen over the years. Not in terms of how prolific it is, but in the way that we spread the ball around. We're hopefully going to be getting tight ends more involved this year. We're hopefully gonna get running backs more involved in the passing game this year. We have two, three slot wide receivers. We have Devontae Parker. So there's a lot of different possibilities in the playbook uh, opened up because of the personnel that we have. So hopefully we're able to use that to our maximum benefit and, and, and see a way more productive offense than what we saw in 2017. I think we can all agree this is the best offensive line this team has had in the Ryan Tannehill era. Uh, you look around them, all the weapons. I mean, we lost Jarvis Landry, but uh, the guys we brought in, it just seems like this offense on paper could be the best that Ryan Tannehill has had at his disposal. Uh, Adam Gase finally got his players in place. So I'm just excited to watch this offense. Uh, the wide receivers, the tight ends, Jasicki. I mean, you got all these guys in there, lots of mouths to feed. But at the end of the day, I mean, the mismatches that this team should be able to cause for opposing defenses should be fun. So, I mean, uh, I'm excited about this offense and excited to see what the future entails. All right, let's switch gears here and jump to the Finsider Radio Mailbag. I said at the top of the show, our mailbag was completely full. And, Sutton, we're going to run down as many questions as possible. What do you have for us tonight on the Finsider Radio Mailbag? Yeah, let's do it. So we have questions from the Finsider Radio Mailbag as well as our Twitter Mailbag. Let's go ahead and start with our boy Alpha. How long before Kalen Ballage takes over for Frank Gore? I'm going to throw this one to Houts. Damn, that's a good question. I mean, I think you got to, you know, you almost have to respect what Frank Gore's done. I mean, he came home to Miami. Uh, the guy's durable as all hell. So, I mean, unless some injury occurs, I can't really see him surpassing him much this year. I know Balazs brings a whole nother dynamic. I mean, I think he's a better pass catcher than Gore. Uh, seems to be a big dude, but at the end of the day, unless Kenny Drake goes down, I, I'm not sure uh, Kenny Drake or Gore goes down. I don't know how many carries Balazs will get. So, for me, I think uh, – maybe the last six games of the season. And that's uh, just with the Dolphins trying to get a feel of what he has, or maybe starts to come along as a rookie. But I think Frank Gore was brought in for a reason. I think from a fantasy perspective, he's going to snipe some of those touchdowns from Kenyon Drake. And I mean, you hear all these players praise him. Kenyon Drake says how good of a work ethic he has. I mean, I, I don't see Frank Gore giving up that spot easy. So it's going to be pretty late into the season before Village takes that role. All right, this is specifically for you, Matthew, and this is from Alpha, so be forewarned. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? And before you answer, Matthew, an unladen swallow is a bird. 
The airspeed velocity velocity of an unladen European swallow is 10 meters per second. <laughs> I love you. All right. Alex, I'm going to give you one just because you're the uh the food gu- the, you're the food guru of Finsider Radio. Does anybody put mayo on their hot dogs? Uh, I'm sure some weird ass people do. I mean, Mike puts freaking uh <laughs> ketchup on a steak. So, do normal people put mayo on hot dogs? Probably not. Maybe an maybe an aioli, which is essentially a mayo, uh, a fancier version, but uh if you put mayo on a hot dog, you got some serious issues. <laughs> All right, Matthew, I'm going to throw this one to you. This is a legitimate question. Not that the other ones weren't, but this is a little more football focused. <laughs> this is from at the Prince Ramos uh, on Twitter. Would you rather Miami kept Wes Welker or Jarvis Landry? Wow. That's a tough one. I know. I had to ask. I don't know. I mean, that's. I don't know. It's tough to compare them. I mean, it's tough to compare them. They they played in different eras, and when Welker got traded, we didn't really know what we had in him. Uh, Jarvis, we did know. If 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 we had known what Wes Welker, if we had known what Wes Welker was, I would have kept Wes Welker over Jarvis Landry because Jarvis Landry was a problem in the locker room in terms of not necessarily with his teammates, but in terms with the coaches and demanding the ball and wanting to be the focal point of the offense when he really shouldn't have been. So, yes, I would have picked Walker over Landry. All right. Uh, I'm going to throw this one to you, Houts. This is from our boy NashMax73 on Twitter. Landry's career is at Destin, the Flame Out in Cleveland, much like Brian Hartline and Devon Best before him in recent years. Hashtag Factory of Sadness. Yeah, I mean, I know we're all kind of down on Landry for his comments today, but I don't know how it will. I mean, the guy kind of thrives in that 10-yard window. He kind of made a career off of his receptions. I don't see how he isn't a favorite for Tyrod Taylor and then eventually Baker Mayfield. So, I mean, I know the Dolphins, a lot of us want in Mayfield, a lot of us see that connection with Landry, but unfortunately Cleveland's going to have that. So I'm not quite sure uh, Jarvis Landry's career is going to fizzle like uh, Line. I mean, ultimately, what exactly do you expect from Landry at this point? Do you think he's going to get better? I'm not sure he will. I mean, he, he's a great player. He he is what he is, but he's getting paid top five player money, now the top five wide receiver, and I'm not sure he'll ever live up to that type of contract like most players don't. So uh, I think he's going to have just a fine career to do what he did in Miami, in my opinion, but uh, I don't think he's ever exceed what many people think he can do. I'll agree with that from a financial standpoint. All I'll say is, you know, and I live in Cleveland, so I know this. I know this city. Cleveland's gonna, Cleveland's gonna love Jarvis Landry. I think they really are. Um, now, whether he justifies it from a money standpoint, I really don't think that he can. Just like you said, helps. But I think Cleveland's gonna like him. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna throw this one to me. This is from at r underscore Bennett Jr. on Twitter. And I felt like he was kind of calling us out with this. He asks, do you crap in the morning or at night? Oops, wrong podcast. And I think he was, of course, alluding to our friends over at Fourth and Inches. And this is more their subject matter. But I am without a doubt you can 
program a clock from it, I poop in the morning as soon as I wake up at 7 o'clock. So about 7.05, I'll be on Twitter seeing what's going on on the crapper. I'm going to throw the next one to UMC Money. What are realistic expectations for Ryan Tannehill this season? Um, realistic expectations, I think, to play 16 games in a season, to throw for over 3,000 yards, to have a better touchdown than interception ratio. He really needs to prove himself, or I think Adam Gase will be looking to move on after this season. I don't think that we can look at things in realistic terms. I think we need to look at terms of what needs to happen. And otherwise, if that doesn't happen, then the Dolphins can't rely on Ryan Tannehill to be the quarterback of the future. How this is kind of piggybacking on that question from Rob Carew. Carew. Sorry, I forgot to mention that was from, from our boy. Um, this next Carew. question is off of Tannehill. <laughs> this next question is also Tannehill related. This is from SD1943 on the Finsider.com. 2018. Is Tannehill a guy or not? Is it all about answering that question? Everything seems like a distant second, including coaching or front office. If Tannehill pans out, the coach of GM took a chance and believed it worked out. If Tannehill has poor play or he gets injured, fails or Osweiler will probably get coach or GM fired. Is this oversimplified but accurate? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I mean, for me, I think a lot of this comes down to the that no one can even, uh, you know, really help. But that's Ryan Daniel's knee. I think that he's the guy. I think that he showed that in 2016. I think he's kind of on the up and up and up. And I think what he did in Adam Gase's office, it should give everyone a reason to be excited. But, I mean, if that knee doesn't hold up, that's the end of the Ryan Tannehill era in Miami. I think it could be the end of some other guys. I'm not quite sure that they'd give up on Gase this soon, uh, depending on debacle the season is. I mean, if they win one game or something, it could it could really backfire on everyone. But at the end of the day, I think it all comes down to Tannehill's knee. Uh, you you got to pray to God every day that that phone alert doesn't come up on your phone like it did a couple of years back when Bleacher Report told us that they <laughs> took that wrong step in practice. I think we all kind of just uh, – I, I mean, I think we all knew the season was over. So, uh, for me, I think he, he touches on – I mean – the coaching staff, the front office, it all kind of comes down to Tannehill. They completely ignore the position. Uh, you see David Fales kind of stepping up in OTAs. You kind of see why they maybe didn't go after that third or fourth round guy that, you know, wasn't going to be much better than what they already had on the roster. But at the end of the day, uh, they chose not to move up or to take Josh Rosen, who could have been there, you know, if they moved up a spot. or And they put all their marbles in uh, – Tannehill's basket. So, I mean, at the end of the day, his knee, it all comes down to that. But I think Tannehill has all the talent in the world. And let's just hope we're not even considering this. Let's hope this team wins nine to ten games. Maybe they get a playoff spot and things are just right back where we thought they'd be in 2016. Right. All right. We have four questions left. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Let's do rapid fire. Okay. Let's do rapid fire four questions. 20 seconds or less. Rapid fire. Okay. Let's go. Is, this is a question from Mike PS78 underscore NFL on Twitter. This is our boy from Fourth and Inches. Is Mike correct that gas station subs are better than Publix? I don't have an he opinion. Is absolutely I'm not incorrect. quite so Publix. He is, he is absolutely incorrect. Next question. Especially a Boston one. 
All right, I'm going to throw this one to you, Houts. This is from Vero at Dolphins Rule All. Have you ever had relations with an apple pie? No. Next question. No. Uh, this is from Nathan Rice. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the only relationship I have with it is when it goes into my belly, and then it's my ex-wife when it comes out. But Nathan Rice <laughs> at N- NJ Rice 2004 Who's the fastest person out of the three of you? Chasing children does assist in this discussion. I would say and I know you made a comment. <laughs> Thank you. I was going to say Houts too, but I, I don't want to really have to race next time y'all hang out. <laughs> but I did I see certain running I on the streets of Cleveland. I think me and are going to have to race. I'm pretty, su- I'm pretty sure Matthew's had a dad body since he was like 12. So see, but I, I, think we can... I have one now, so you're I... more aerodynamic and shit, so. I'd probably be <laughs> we, we can definitely we can definitely race next time we all hang out. I mean, so I'm I'm built like a cross country runner, so I I don't know. Well, yeah, it would. I'm not much of a sprinter, so it would be interesting. Um, hopefully, we don't do it though, because that means we've exercised way too much on a day that we should probably <laughs> be drinking beer and focused on football. But anyway, all right. Uh, last, last question. question. This is from Strange613. This is our boy that I met at MetLife last year. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Anything. I think they're gross, so I'm good. I was like, I was like, I might walk to the freezer if they happen to be there, but I'm not like trying to spend money on it because I'm not a chocolate guy, to be honest with you. Well, that's Klondike bars are pretty good. Oh, if it, but if Klondike wants us to promote their product, they need to pay us. And that's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> we, Royalties. We 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 do thank everyone for submitting questions, regardless of whether they're about football or not. It's, a, it's the off season. It's going to get a little wild and weird on here. Just bear with us and stay with us as we move towards the regular season. Dolphins will conclude their off season program next week with their last OTAs, and then it appears they will be off until training camp in mid July. Let's hope the Dolphins players stay out of trouble. Let's hope no arrests come in, no one gets hurt or anything else, because we all know that that is the most dangerous time of the year when the Dolphins players and coaches and everyone else is just on their own. But we have a lot to talk about in the coming weeks and months as we head into training camp. We have position battles. We have more public spats, perhaps Chambers, Parker, Jarvis Landry, maybe others come out. But that's going to do it for us this week on Finsider Radio for the Soccer Dad and Certain MD, I am MC Money. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. We will talk to you next time. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins.
was with a Miami Dolphin. Miami Dolphin. Miami Dolphin's number one. Get rid of Miami Dolphin. Miami Dolphin. Miami Dolphin's number one. Everybody. Miami Dolphin. Miami Dolphin. Miami Dolphin's number one. Get rid of Miami Dolphin. Switch to Sprint Unlimited Basic, featuring TV from Hulu and 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot. Plus, for a limited time, get five lines for only $120 per month. Hurry to a Sprint store or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer ends 8-16-18 after 1-31-2020. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. One Hulu limited commercial plan for eligible Sprint account. MHS reduced to 3G speeds after 500 megabytes per month. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines. Subject to credit and 3 activation fee. Video streams up to 480p. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.